Chapter Twelve of the Apostle of Alaska, the story of William Duncan of Metlakatla by John W. Arctander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Shemp. The Medicine Men, the Shuwanch, the Tsimshian name for a medicine man, not shaman as is frequently erroneously given, was a most important character in the Tsimshian as in every other Indian community he was not in a strict sense the doctor of the tribe the use of herbs both as potions and as applications for wounds and swellings was wholly in the hands of some wise old woman they were especially successful in the treatment of wounds and that in spite of the fact that their surgery was not very antiseptic the shoewanch was generally called in to heal only when some one got sick without any readily explainable cause for it and when therefore the lively indian imagination was prone to suspect that someone had bewitched the party for the shunwanch was an exorciser and able to drive out the evil spirits that had taken possession of the poor suffering body he then came with his rattle and rattled over the sick man who had to be wholly naked during the performance so that the evil spirits should not be able to hide in his clothes but get away readily there he would work away rattle for dear life dance about with wild gesticulations blow in the patient's mouth and nostrils pound and knead his body chant swing to and fro froth at the mouth and shout and shriek till the patient said he was better when the medicine man with great earnestness and show replaced in the body his soul which he claimed to have caught in the act of leaving it and to have incarcerated in a little hollow bone tube which the medicine man invariably carried on a string around the neck they claimed to be able to see people's souls travelling about in the open air in the shape of flies with long sharp bills and often were observed when walking about to grab for something and solemnly put it away in his hollow bone carefully closing the cover that was some one's soul that they had caught and imprisoned and the unfortunate person now had to pay a good price to get his poor wandering soul back again if the medicine man did not do a first-class job he had to return the blankets or other price he had received for his services sometimes he might praise his luck if he did not have to give up his life if the patient died generally when the case was a serious one his excuse was that someone had bewitched the party if he gave the name of that person he cleared his own skirts it was generally some man of small importance a poor decrepit old woman or a slave who was thus denounced as exercising the power of the evil eye the following story told me by mr duncan will give an idea of the modus operandi in such a case the old chief of the ketlans neosh lakkanush was sick in bed for a long time with an extremely malignant carbuncle he sent for a medicine man of the tsimsheans but received no help there was then a medicine man of great renown among the clinkets at tongas called neashot he was sent for and came he rattled over the old chief for a long time but no improvement was perceived he finally as usual suggested that the chief had been bewitched someone had got hold of some of his clothing and had buried it with a corpse at a graveyard far away if it did not get away from the grave the old man would die 
what they must do was to get the clothes away from the grave at once and then kill the sorcerer someone was immediately dispatched for the clothes he came back with something which the old chief recognized as having belonged to him it was all a case of make-believe the messenger never had been near either a grave or a corpse he was simply in league with the medicine man upon his return the medicine man whispered solemnly in the chief's ear nishase is the man who has brought this upon you you must kill him if you wish to get well nishase was a weak old man who trembled on the verge of the grave he did not belong to the kitlon tribe but lived a quarter of a mile up the beach he was sent for and came as indians always do without asking the why or the wherefore when he came in food was of course set before him while he was eating the chief was lying in bed with a loaded pistol in his hand under the blanket fully determined to shoot and kill him as soon as he had finished his meal one of the chief's counsellors whispered to him don't kill nishis don't kill him ask him to pity you the chief dropped the pistol and addressed him nishis have pity on me have mercy on me save me what do you mean save me i don't understand you you have sent this disease upon me pity me save me have mercy on me i have suffered so much you are mistaken i have nothing against you i never had yes you have you have done it but now pity me it is a great big lie and in a huff the old man left the house the old chief got well and after he was converted to christianity he often told mr duncan that he was very glad he had not killed the old man he would say i know it well the medicine men are all liars how awful it would have been if i had murdered the poor old man and should have had that on my conscience now in order to obtain his commission as a blower the medicine man or woman for there were some medicine women also had to show some miraculous power this they always managed to do by some trick or deceit an old medicine woman after her conversion showed mr duncan how she had convinced the people of her power to perform a miracle she had a nice little round green stone which had been picked up on the beach producing a vessel filled with water she asked the people present if they could get her little green stone to float in the water they all tried but for every one of them it sank of course then she took the vessel and lo there the stone floated all right enough that was sufficient to show her supernatural power but how was it done simply enough she had a twin sister to the stone made of wood and in taking hold of the vessel she clandestinely substituted that for the stone that was all a favorite way of showing supernatural power was to kill someone and restore them to life again one medicine man showed his power by one evening cutting off the chief's head the head rolled to the floor and while the blood was squirting hither and thither it jumped from one end of the room to the other in fact it was a most lively head it is no wonder that the indians present died but still greater was their amazement when the medicine man put the head back on the body which had rolled over on its side and after fumbling with it for a while smearing the cut with some health restoring salve and grease exhibited the chief in his normal condition speaking laughing and dancing as if he had never lost his head at all the miracle is explained easily enough when it is considered that the chief was an accomplice 
there was a false head put above his own which latter was concealed by his blanket by operating a set of strings the false head which was provided with bags containing blood was made to jump around the floor when the false head was pretended to be put back again it was in reality hidden in the folds of the blanket while the chief's real head made its appearance and commenced to talk another medicine man had a big box in which he put water and then dropped in red-hot stones so as to make the water boil after he had put the lid on again when it was boiling he opened the box and the steam poured out he then lifted up the chief and threw him into the box and put the lid on again the people heard the chief's voice inside the box crying with pain first very strongly and then a little weaker and still weaker till you could hardly hear it at all then it ceased altogether the medicine man now waited quite a while so that the chief would be boiled very thoroughly then he started to open the lid when suddenly the chief's voice was heard very strongly and distinctly coming from the forest away back of the house when the box was opened there was no chief there but a great mass of eagle feathers which the medicine man scattered around the house nor was there any water or stones in the box any more in two or three minutes the chief came in through the door and did not look as if he had been parboiled at all the secret is readily explained there was a false bottom in the box one end of which stood up against the edge of the platform this end of the box was open or had a trap door so the chief after having spoken inside until it was about time for him to die could crawl out of the box through this opening and then under the platform into the open it is said that every prominent family in the different tribes had its own trick which was its secret known only to the chief and his counsellors it was part of the official business of the latter to instruct the new chief in the secrets of the family the awe in which the medicine men were held by the common people was very remarkable when mr duncan after he had commenced to get a following ridiculed the medicine men and their practices his adherents begged of him to be careful and not to aggravate them and when he laughed at this they used to say oh it is because you don't know you don't know again and again they would beg him not to put himself in their power when you cut your hair be sure to burn it all up so they will not get hold of any of it and bewitch you again when you spit don't spit on the ground you must spit up in the air if they find some of your spittle they will make you sick and you will die oh you don't know mr duncan in order to show them that he was not afraid told them that the next time he cut his hair he would send a lock of it to every medicine man in the camp so that they could have some to work on his friends were awestruck at his recklessness and could not be persuaded but that he took very serious risks one medicine man did get hold of an old paper collar which had belonged to mr duncan he placed it up in a tree and used to go around the tree two or three times a day exercising his rattle upon it in order to send a throat trouble upon mr duncan as mr duncan suffers from a dry hacking cough due to some chronic trouble in the bronchial tubes i suggested that this medicine man's actions might perhaps explain the chronic throat trouble with a merry twinkle in his eyes mr duncan answered so it might yes only for the fact that i suffered from that trouble long before he got hold of my old paper collar it is surprising to see what a hold the influence of these medicine men has taken on the tsimshean people 
one of the most intelligent of the metlakatla indians who was converted in his early youth and therefore got away from their heathenish influences before they could have had a chance to take very deep root in him told me the following story with all evidences of belief in the supernatural powers of the medicine men in fact he stated that he did not know what to believe but that he knew for certain that what he told me was the truth once my uncle who was a great sea otter hunter he said had gone on a hunting trip with four men in his canoe when he was gone there came up an awful storm and great big waves he was gone many weeks when he did not come back our people thought he was drowned they went to the medicine man he danced then he told them to take a stick of wood and go down to the beach it was then low tide and to put it in the ground where he told them to they did so further he cried again further finally he shouted now there put it down hit it hard so it will stay there when done he said when the tide comes to that point the men will all come back again the people laughed they were sure they were dead long ago but nevertheless though they did not believe in it they waited for the tide and watched anxiously and lo and behold just as the tide reached the stick on the beach a canoe came around the point and all the five men were in it they had had no food for many days and were almost starved the people gave them food and they all came out all right that the tsimsheans are open to reason in other matters and do not simply accept all that they hear even if it has the sanction of age and tradition appears from the following experience of mr duncan and is given to show that when faith in the supernatural power of the medicine men still clings to them to some extent it must be due to a most extraordinary cleverness on the part of these deceivers coming down nos river mr duncan was invited by an indian chief to go and see in the forest a village which their ancestors had inhabited it was a very long journey but they finally came to a beautiful spot a basin with high mountains all around except where the trail to the river went the chief told him where you now stand our old chief's house once stood i would like to tell you what our old people say and find out if it is true they say the chief's son a little child one night cried for water the mother was lazy and would not get up and get it for him the moon then came down into the room and asked the boy why he cried he then told the boy to come with him i will give you what you want the boy took his hand and he took him with him into the heavens the next morning there was a great cry when it was found that the boy was gone they hunted everywhere for him the next night they saw him in the moon with his little basket in his hand what do you think of it do you think it is true that the boy could get up there mr duncan would not say that it was false he knew too much for that he pointed up to the mountain top and to the pines up there and said to the chief those big pines up there are one hundred fifty feet high and they look like little plants now do you think that you could see a little boy up there and more especially see his basket oh no you could not see him at all well then how do you think you could see a boy and especially his basket in the moon which is many thousand miles further off than yonder mountain top well how our old folks could lie could they not that would do for him to say not for mr duncan end of chapter twelve